This week on the Push for Lace podcast, exciting partnerships are happening. We answer some questions. Also, we give our advice on weekly training splits and we chat about ideal pizza toppings. Cool. Three, two, one. Dan, I want to train every day. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dan Mink. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, buddy? Very good, Tom. We have some exciting news that we uh, confirmed just before we came on air to record this. We did, we did. Do you want to... I'll let you break it. Let's go. Oh, you want, you want me to break it? Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> the Push Pull Legs po- podcast is now sponsored. Yeah. We officially have a sponsor for our podcast. Um... And it is only the best tasting protein bar in the world, which is Bear Bell's protein bar. Anyone who's ever tried them, they'll know. Um, but yeah, we are now very lucky to be in a position where we're sponsored by them. So huge shout out to uh, to Bear Bell's for getting in touch with us and um, sort of sorting that all out. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really good phone call. So yeah, watch this space. Yeah, so... If you haven't heard of Bear Bells, um, and we think back to like episode 70, I think we first started talking about them. That's about 10, mm. 12 weeks ago. Um, go follow them on Instagram on Bear Bells UK. And uh, yeah, go buy some. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Caramel <laughs> cashew is definitely the best flavor. So yeah, um, they've got the caramel cashew, the cookies and cream, and then the coconut one, right? Mm. Yeah. Yep. So go give us go give us a verdict. Go go have some, and uh, you can find them at all third spaces. So go come see me. So all good. Yeah, go see Tom. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we're gonna move on from that groundbreaking news um, and talk about what, what whatever we're gonna talk about today, Daniel. Because you've just got in. <laughs> you put out a post. Well, you put out a ask me questions um, about. I don't know, 20 minutes. Well, ago. you know, you know, I like to give the people what they want. And I put out an Instagram <laughs> story at like 7 o'clock saying, look, we're just going to film a podcast in an hour. Anyone got any questions? And I've had four people ask questions. So oh. I thought, well, let's just answer them. So we'll answer those questions first up. And then after that, Tom? Uh, we're going to do the most ideal training splits because we do – it is quite a a, a, uh, a regular question, I think, from a lot of people um, of mm. like uh, what training split is the best or what training fit would you do in your yeah. opinion or whatever. So we're literally going to be like, if you're training one day, two day, three day, four day, five day, six day, seven days a week, we'll give you our verdict on what kind of training split you should be doing and how you should be setting up, basically. Mm. Um, I think that would be fairly fairly nice for people to know that. Um, and also and also then talk about maybe progression. So like once you've done one 12-week cycle, what would you go on to after that and all that nah, sort of stuff? No, nah, that's, that's too we much. Can talk- yeah. We can talk about all that. Sort of <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we've got some food and bench pressing we've got to talk about later. So, um, yeah, let's let's crack on, mate. All good. Let's go. Right. So, first question is from uh, Jessica, and she asks, <laughs> "What I want to know is, if you do fasted cardio, what detriment, if any, does that have on potentially losing muscle mass?" Um, so, yeah, if you are like Jessica and you prefer to train first thing in the morning, fasted. Uh, you really have nothing fasted cardio not fasted cardio yeah you have nothing to worry about um, in terms of losing muscle mass now 
Um, in the fasted state, your body will preferentially burn other fuels, um, such as fat and potentially a little bit of protein uh, at that time. However, if you hit your daily protein amount and you're making sure you get enough protein in for the rest of the day, your net protein balance over the day will be in the right place. And you'll find that if you eat enough protein over the course of the day, um, roughly two grams per kilo of body weight would be my minimum recommendation for most people, then you'll be about right. So if you weigh about 60 kilos, get 120 grams of protein in throughout the day and it won't matter one bit, basically. Yeah, I mean, if you follow the advice that we gave out the other day as well, it was pre-sleep protein, right? So that's just another yeah. addition to where you smash that straight in. Then that's that's the closest meal you're having to your cardio that you're then mm. fasted. So you might as well smash a load of protein just before you go to bed then you're going to be in some sort of surplus if or just hitting your goal. So, yeah, follow that advice. Yeah, so, don't don't worry don't about worry that. About, I think we've we've beaten that drum enough. If you want to do fasted cardio, do it. Like, if it fits into your schedule, it's we just don't, yeah. we don't, don't want to do it. So I think it's one of those things where, like, it gets bashed a lot because so many people say that it's like the holy grail and actually it's just a, do it if you prefer to do it. And if you prefer to do it, like you, Jessica, go for it. Just, um, just do it. And just, don't think anything of it. Yeah. If it's into your life that way, it's just cool. Don't invite us for a like five AM run. Yeah, I will not be there. Um, <laughs> so next question is from Adam, uh, and Adam says, "Oh, this could be a long one." Um, I know you've touched on it before, uh, but what is the biggest mistake that you've made in your starting your years in both your fitness journey and also your professional journey as a trainer? Um, so I'll go first. Biggest mistake I made in my starting years of my fitness journey was that I was the guy who would buy loads and loads of supplements and I would always try and lose fat and build muscle at the same time and I would think that there was this most amazing, perfect training program that could do that. Uh, and I wish someone had just hit me around the head and just gone, no, eat shitloads of food, lift loads of heavy weight as often as possible and you'll be fine. But I didn't. Um, yeah, fitness journey. Um, I don't know. Does fitness only start from when you're like playing sports or anything mate. in the gym? I think in the gym, like um, I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Um, to be honest, I I never past, past tense or <laughs> wow. Um, I wish I'd paid or like done a proper like. Obviously, I've learnt through everything now and through my degree. But previous to my degree, I wish I'd had like just a random PT session with a decent PT. Um, mm. just to learn the basics of just squatting or anything like that and knowing what I'm going to be chucking around um, just, just to learn that slightly would have been just massive I think um, and basically conflicting goals say like you Dan like I always want yeah. I, 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 was, I was pretty quick as uh, I used to run like South England athletics and I was always too concerned about losing my speed and I would I was, then I'd start like, oh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna try and get bigger, and then I'll now I've got to slim down, and now oh, I don't want to get slower, so I've got to do my speed work, and then, but that's not the and I'm trying to shoulder press, and I was like, mm, there's all this other stuff that I don't really, it's basically program hopping like a, like a bitch, mm. and not having yeah. a clue what my goal was, so yeah, real good. Yeah, um, the biggest mistake that I've made in my professional journey as a trainer is a tough one because you always learn from your mistakes, so you do have to kind of sometimes make them. Um, and I think of professionals, we're too sometimes afraid of making those mistakes. Um, uh, like I say, never afraid to admit them. But one of my biggest ones was probably placing too much trust 
in someone early on in my career um, who screwed me over, basically. So yeah, that's probably um, probably the best way of putting it, I guess. Um, and, and that, but that at the same time has made me a lot more wary about where I'm at now, uh, and you know, shaped my career into into what it is today. So I can't be too um, annoyed at that. But yeah, I think I think it's it's always tough because. Um, as a trainer, if you're not making mistakes, you're never going to learn from them. So, um, if you are a trainer, uh, Adam, don't be um, don't be afraid of making some mistakes. Yeah, along think, the way. I think I, I spoke. I can't remember the chap's uh, uh, name off the top of my head, but I was speaking to him on Facebook, and he's 16 years old, listens to the podcast from like Northern Ireland, and he wants to be a PT. And I laid out. I was like, I kind of need you. I want you to go make some mistakes before you decide mm. on what you want to do. Um, just for a career path or as a trainer or as a coach or as whatever because you don't really know what you're going to be doing at that young age but when I first started out I don't know biggest mistakes I've ever made as a trainer none mate none <laughs> absolutely fine I don't know um, uh, it'd be wow. like it'd be like thinking that like my like clients were basically awesome athletes uh, over complicating things far too soon Um yeah, all the kind of stuff that I I get angry about with new trainers now, basically. I'm like, yeah, you don't. What are you doing? No, <laughs> too much going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like keep it simple, stupid. Um, yeah, the fact is that if you... it's 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 one of those as well though, where I think when you're young, like if I'd have read, for example, Jim Wenders five five three one when I first stepped foot in a gym, I'd have just been like, no, that's not going to work. That's too simple. Like, that's too simple. Like that's never going to work. And it's only through like making the mistakes you get to a program you just go look i'm just going to do this i'm going to stick to it and lo and behold you you make loads of progress um so it is tough um cool excuse me next question is from jared jared asks um not that i believe it's effective but what is the science behind inclusion training and is there any does it work how does it work and what are the predicted results of its implementation i've heard a personal trainer in my local area tell guys that 20 percent body fat that it will get them vascular and a sick pump. Uh, and yeah. So occlusion training is something that has been brought into the industry. Uh, sorry, occlusion training for those that aren't aware is where you tie a tourniquet or um, a strap around your limb. It's more um, commonly known as blood flow restriction. It is more commonly known as blood flow restriction training. <laughs> um, and I believe that the work in the scientific research has been done on it. Um, and it's been mainly done in like the elderly um, who maybe can't lift as much weight, uh, but they want to get the benefits of weight training. Now, by restricting the amount of blood in the muscle that can get to it, you actually increase the buildup of metabolites in the muscle. Now, yeah. in terms of muscle building, in terms of hypertrophy, this, this, that kind the, of thing. The stuff that... The stuff I find funny on this is it's you're meant to be... Because with, with it, you're meant to be listen, lifting of something like... They, they put numbers on it of 20 to 30% of your 1RM. But the fact mm. is, in, in occlusion training or blood flow, the more likely uh, movements that you're going to be doing are like bicep curls or tricep curls yeah. extensions. The fact is. But yeah, so that, that wouldn't have any relative effects. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's it's just low it's, load, basically. It's basically lower load. And, and yeah, it's a lot lower load. Yeah. Um, and, and essentially, the, the reason being that you can still generate some kind of... Um, of some sort of environment for the muscle to, to build and to get bigger. 
mm. um, and to hypertrophy. So, so a lot of older people they they atrophy and their muscles get they get smaller and they waste away. Yeah. Um, and if they're injured, they often then don't train things like that. So they basically, it's been found to work. It's been found to be useful for that kind of um, that kind of subject group. Yeah. Um, and bodybuilders and, and whatnot have also started doing it. Um, and I've done it a few times with, like, say, bicep curls and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it gets you a nice pump, but it's not more beneficial than any other way of training. And my advice would be, if you can train any other way, to train every other way. Um, you'd only use it if you were injured, for example. So if if you had really sore elbow joint uh, and you couldn't lift a lot of load with your bicep, but you wanted to still do a quite hard session for your biceps, you, you could you could restrict your blood flow into your arm and you could use a slightly lighter load you're going to save your elbow joint but you're still going to get the, the effect on your muscles i think um more recently the people that i've seen do it is someone like alberto nunez who is the um 3dmj guy at uh, 3dmj yeah uh, and i think that's the reason he did it because he had a sore elbow i'm pretty sure i read i'm sure i read that on instagram that's why i've just got that example um so yeah that's probably so, the only reason yeah, I mean, that like, I would probably recommend it to so, someone if they were if they were injured. Because it's like to enhance anabolism, right? So there's, it's just I don't see much of a point if I'm too honest. Um, I kind of see the point in like a elderly population in the factors of atrophy of muscle. But then it's also, it's, it's it kind of wavers into, because you're shutting off oxygen to the blood, well, basically blood, your blood flow restriction, so you're not getting as oxidized muscle. It kind of weighs into like the elevation stuff as well. So if you're in some sort of hypoxic chamber, it might have, would that have the very similar effect? Would you get a sweet, sweet pump if you did resistance training in a hypoxic chamber? Um, potentially. potentially, I mean, it would have some sort of an effect, but it's not. Um, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same mechanism. No, because I because I know for the the hypoxic chamber stuff, in terms of rehab, that is what it's primarily used for. Is uh, basically rehabbing people back from surgery and basically getting them uh, their heart rate up um, on a lighter load or lighter kind of basically intensity. Um, but yeah, would you use it, Dan? Would you use? occlusion training that much i don't think i'd probably use it in any of my programs um or any programs of any of my clients it's just not really worth it for a lot of them it's just it's just a waste of time to be honest that i'd rather they were doing other things now if they were injured for a substantial period of time maybe i'd think about it uh if they were really physique orientated for, but for most people it's just not necessary yeah so if you want to go look at research uh i know brad schoenfield's done some work on it um chap called jm wilson seems to have done a fair bit if i'm just looking through uh pubmed um yeah so go have a look at that wilson schoenfield loneke i don't know who mm. that's um but yeah all fairly recent like 2013 ish stuff so it might be still relevant who knows all right you got another question yeah so the next question is from ashley and Ashley asks that he noticed on a packet of Frutella fruit foams um, that there's 100 grams in a pack and per 100 grams there is 181 calories but 82 grams of carbs. So he's a bit confused about the numbers and, and how they don't add up because there's four calories in a gram of carbohydrate. Um, now the reason for this is that they have um, sugar alcohols in them. So it's classed as a carbohydrate 
um, but it has a slightly lower calorie uh, content per gram. So they're often used a lot in protein bars. They're called poly, they're either called polyols or sugar alcohols in a lot of bars. Uh, and this is where things like Quest bars, for example, have like 20 grams of carbs in them, um, but not any sugar, basically. Yeah. Um, and the calorie amounts don't add up, so they're not quite. They're not four grams. They're a little bit lower usually, between two to three grams per um, two to three calories. Sorry, per gram. Um, so the numbers can be a little bit off. Um, and it's basically just because the, like I said, the calorie content of them is a little bit lower because their chemical structures change slightly. They're not quite. They're classed as a carbohydrate, but they don't have the same amount of calories in them. Um, so it's not some sort of sorcery. If you look on the packet. Uh, and you look at where it says carbohydrates, polyols and sugar alcohols are always included in that bracket. Um, but they do have slightly lower calorie amounts. So that's why they have a slightly funny looking calorie content, actually. But um, it's all perfectly above board and normal. <laughs> um, yeah. So cool. Amazing, Daniel. Good. So yeah, they're the questions. End of questions. Cool. Um, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, on Instagram is eko training um, underscore in there. The, he went and chap from New Zealand, I believe. Um, on the back of our advice last week and the post I put up about um, not having to place shit underneath your heels to squat, which there is some nice, mm. highly highly credible fit pros have been doing lately. Um, well, hang on, yeah. hang on, man. <laughs> uh, tongue in cheek, mate. Um, but yeah, he he went and did the drill that I just I put up uh, put up on Instagram, and absolutely smashed it. So yeah, he literally what did he go through? Yeah, old um, did a squat session, still building squat numbers back up, but went uh, some high bar back squat, RP about six um, for doubles last week. Yeah, he put ten kilos on, basically in. Uh, on his double over a week um, I'm not going to say that's going to happen to everybody if they're building back up but felt stronger through some of the movement from just the drill that he, I made him no didn't make him he voluntarily done off the back of what I posted so fucking amazing nice. very nice yeah go go fucking do that drill it's one of mine so I think yeah I posted it not too long ago so yeah I haven't been doing that many posts but yeah go look at it alright um most ideal training splits, Dan. So this is a very frequent question. So we better better break this down into because uh, obviously I, I guess we've got to say that probably most people are training for some sort of strength hypertrophy basis. A disclaimer on this, yeah. Mm. Because yeah, uh, I think we need to. Yeah, I think most. Uh, this is just for like the most people who go to the gym because yeah. they want to look look better they want to feel better and they want to be stronger rather than necessarily any specific sports personal athlete or anything yeah like that. if you come back to us and be like oh i don't think marathon runners should be doing this well obviously absolutely well, obviously yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so i'm gonna break this down so one day a week what what would you be doing you can do one day yeah you can have the odd numbers i'll do the evens one day a week it would literally be full body no isolation movements all compound lifts um squat squat deadlift push pull vertical push vertical pull um uh maybe an ab rollout as a core exercise because again a 
a bit more whole body than some of the others are. Um, I wouldn't mess around with any single limb exercises, and I'd make sure that every the last set of every exercise was to failure. Yeah, more than likely they have to create some stress because I think as a general rule, mm. um, one day a week is not going to be enough for any real progress or any progress at all. I'd say that's literally no. the minimum you could do to maintain, but obviously not maintain at a high standard. You might actually regress. So if you if you're going from four days a week and then you start training one day a week, <laughs> chances are you're gonna <laughs> um, regress. To be honest, so mm. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother. I'd just be like, yeah, full body deadlift, do a squat, some sort of yeah push pull. Go for it, push ball legs, smash it all in, all in one session, full body, go, fucking move. You've got to be in there for at least, I'd uh, probably an hour and a half, doing supersets all the way through. Twenty, at least, yeah, twenty-five yeah. to thirty sets total, at least. Um, yeah, and trying. It's that. a long session, isn't it? It's a long session if you're doing one day. Cool, two days. Um, so again, two days. I still go full body, full body. Um, but this is where you could split it up and you do more than likely um, your first exercise is going to be a deadlift on one day and first exercise is going to be a squat on another or you could do first exercise is going to be a bench on one of them okay once or a horizontal press or a pull or something like that you could mix and match them week by week but yeah I'd go full body full body and literally repeat the, the day that we just said on day one because you actually going to make some you might mm. start making some progress uh, hit every movement um, I wouldn't be too concerned about I'd say you'd want some sort you still want to keep it mostly bilateral kind of knee dominant so some sort of deadlifty deadlift variation and a squat variation in each in each day and then the way I'd split it up is you'd have a vertical vertical day and a horizontal day if you're doing the upper body stuff. So let yourself go crazy on some uh, verticals and horizontals, but keep a general rule of just doing two two pulls to one push um, because that's going to allow mm. for some nice anatomical adaptation and help all your stuff basically keep nice and uh, posturized. Keep keeping nice, but that's, I don't think I don't think posturize yeah. a word, but I've just I've just uh, trademarked it. So don't you just think. made it up. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, three days a week, three days a week. I reckon I'd still do full body, um, but I'd think a little bit more about how I was periodizing my reps. So I would probably do something like um, didn't even talk about Monday, reps in the last one. Fucking out. Do all the reps. There you go. No, but like, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not going to go into, into into too much depth, but basically, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a squat, for example, I'd do maybe three to six reps Monday, and then maybe Wednesday, Wednesday you might do 10 to 15 reps, and then on Friday you might do between five to eight or six to nine, six to 10 or something like that, um, just so that you're lifting different loads, different weights, and I'd make sure that I do that with every exercise, like um, squat, bench, deadlift, pull um and make sure that you kind of vary the rep ranges a little bit um across the week but still very much full body uh, you could probably then throw in a bit of isolation work at the end of each of those sessions to focus on maybe buys or tries shoulders potentially um once you've got the main lifts in um but yeah you'd still be looking at full body for show sure. all right four days this is when we start getting serious i feel like the four day a week people. oh this is when you're an athlete this, this is when you're an athlete, is, Tom. I think this is when you're taking shit serious. Like this is when you need to hire either me or Dan, and then you uh, you get a real split. Um, so I think this 
I would go if on four days a week. I would probably still go upper lower, upper lower. Um, is how I would probably split it out for most most people. We still have some success on kind of full body, but exhaustion might take a uh, effect. And the chances are you're going to be doing like two strength days and two hypertrophy days um, if you really want to split that up. So I would go for those two options. It's either full body two strength days, two hypertrophy days, or upper, lower, upper, lower, and you can mix and match in that. Um, preference towards the upper and lower, upper, lower stuff. So again, start out with uh, some big, nice compound exercise, then go and then split them up. Obviously, you've got your big four that you probably normally stick around. Um, I understand that <laughs> through my assessments, probably 70% of the people that I see, I don't really allow to strict overhead press. Um, so by all means for a lot of my guys or write in an incline press as their day four like big exercise as their first one instead of uh, a military press or strict press because basically i'd rather them keep nice and healthy and back's not flying all the place i don't fucking strict press i don't military press do you daniel i'm guessing you don't uh i've been doing recently oh yeah i've been start i put it back in again recently yeah oh really mm. Yeah, it just it starts grinding my T8. I just no, don't like it. Just nah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't probably write in for bodybuilders. Well, that's your problem. Bodybuilders don't need to do it, mate. You're fine. Nah, I just quite enjoy it. So <laughs> I quite like it. I've never really had that many problems with my uh, with my shoulders and also, stuff. Like also, that, Dan's but, um, never been very yeah, strong in it, so he needs to do it. No, I haven't exactly. <laughs> um, so five days a week. Five days a week. Five days a week. I would either do one of two. One of two things. I would either do push pull legs upper lower. Yeah. Um, that'd be the five days, and you can move them. You can do upper lower push pull legs if you'd rather. Um, <laughs> or I would do upper lower upper lower, and then depending on what my weak area was, I would add an, a, the the third session of either upper or lower. So for most people, they'd add in an extra upper session, obviously. Um, who wants to train legs three times a week? Um, no. If they were more geared around trying to train their legs, then they maybe would do lower. Um, the other option you've got is doing upper, lower, upper, lower, full body, or upper, lower, upper, lower, and then a weak part day. So if you've got like areas of your body you want to focus on, so you might be shoulders and arms, for example, that you want to really focus on, you could do that as the fifth day. Um, so when you have five days, you've got a lot more options available to you because – that's probably what I I think me and Tom would probably both argue that's probably the most optimal because yep. you can really kind of play around with those those days and, and heavy days, light days, um, high rep days, low rep days, all this sort of stuff. That's when it kind of gets as a as a coach when you have someone that says I can train five times a week, that's when you start getting really excited because it's like, ooh, those are different. Well, I actually I actually um, I prefer the four day a week for people, to be honest. I think that's mainly because I I mainly got strength guys. And just their central nervous system takes a hell of a lot more mm. of a beating. So four days is, and I I feel like they need a two day rest every now and again. Um, but yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, whereas I, people who are really focused on how they look, like that fifth day is really nice because it's like, oh, it's I'm a, just focusing on what I like. If it's a weak yeah. part day, and they're like, oh, I get to do shoulders and arms today, yeah. uh, and it can be a really great way of getting an extra volume. So so yeah, I for the guys that are on five days a week that I train, uh, yeah, that is their option day. It's it's there if they need it. Basically, if they want to go to the gym and go do it, um, it's not going to be. I leave it up to them. More than likely, they're going to go do it because it's going to be their weaknesses or it's stuff they've requested throughout 
throughout that month or throughout that meso they're like oh yeah i really think i want to work on this and be like cool just shove it in there you're gonna do an extra like 15 sets in that on that day and you're not i'm not gonna worry about it because i've just jammed in a load of other crap that i'm not really concerned about not not i do that but obviously yeah (laughs) just your uh just your flies and all this stuff shouldery health exercise it could be yeah it could be literally like a, a mobility day if you really think about it strength wise you could pare it down like that so six days a week um, I feel like there's only really one way to go is push pull legs, push pull legs. Hey. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, hey. I, <laughs> I wouldn't differ from that at all. Um, just because you're getting an even kill on everything. Um, if you were doing six days a week, um, but I would the the one thing you would have to think about when you start training six days a week is that it's a hell of a lot of volume, and you have to think about how long your sessions are. And the chance are you're going to chop them down and just focus on four exercises during that session mm. and not think, oh, I need to do like a bodybuilder and hit fucking nine exercises at three sets each. Like the chance are yeah. you don't, like pick four exercises, nail them, then fuck off. Um, you don't have to do that. So it, that's why I'd go push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs, because that's enough to focus on. If you've, if you've got. Two horizontal pushes and two horizontal and two vertical pushes. That's a day, right? So that's your push day done. That's fine. You can incline press. You can bench yeah. press. You can yeah. You can do some other weird exercise for your shoulders. Absolutely fine. So I go push pull legs, push pull legs. I wouldn't deviate from that um, unless you really wanted to. You could no. do like strength hypertrophy cardio if you really wanted to be an athlete. That'd be really weird. Or go. <laughs> like two or three strength days and then a cardio day maybe if you really want to put up but it still wouldn't be like body part splits no to body part splits basically um i wouldn't bother i wouldn't be like chest back essentially we've done that anyway by splitting up the push and pulls and stuff so yeah i really need Mm. to do this yeah cool seven days a week then seven seven days a week now i would probably go for a push pull legs push pull legs and then the seventh day would be like mobility or core day i literally wouldn't program anything on that day um it would literally be a case of taking maybe some of the core exercise out during the week and put them on one day and it would i would make sure there was mobility drills in there form drills things like that that would go in that day um maybe some cardio if there was anything relevant to the person um but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would always advise most people to have one complete rest day, even in prep with a lot of athletes and stuff. I'll say, um, if you even if you've got a fair bit of cardio to get in, try and have at least one day off just where you don't do a thing. I think that's really valuable to a lot of people. Um, so I wouldn't. I really wouldn't advise seven days a week no. to many people at all. Not to anybody, to be honest. I think you need to really. Have some- really boring but no just i wouldn't bother just because there's no point to it you need the rest you need some gains to actually like the most underused like uh recovery method is sleep right so we need to get that sleep in yeah chill relax go so yeah not seven days a week just cut it down to six if you're training six seven days a week then you can eat all the food i guess that'd be a bonus but yeah still not cool. cool. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't advise it at all. If you were doing it, much the same. Mo- mobility 
and um, lots of mobility core drills are going to be paramount because every single time you train, I guess the injury risk is going to be higher, especially when you're seven days, you're not allowing for a full recovery. So it still has that on six days. I probably, mm. I wouldn't personally write in six days for a lot of people um, just because also I don't think a lot of people have got the time. I probably could do it, but I'd be absolutely knackered off the back of it, I feel. Um, yeah. Amazing, mate. Right, so we're going to talk about Dan's pizza concoctions. Um, because, so to, I think, obviously, we have a lot of American listeners, and we've got a fair bit of Australia-wise. They probably like this. Um, but maybe the guys in Europe and in America. So describe our... Well, no, describe your pizza, mate. So... So what did you do to this I, pizza? I had a homemade... I had, like, a, a pizza base brought from the supermarket. Yeah. And I saw someone on Instagram do this, and they were claiming that they'd come up with, like, the most... It was, like, a restaurant in, in Clapham or Soho that sold this pizza. And I was like, I've done that before, only in a sandwich, like a toasted sandwich. You can buy it all over the place. So I basically smothered the base of my pizza with Marmite topped it with cheese, put it in the oven, and had a cheese and Marmite pizza. And it was the most incredible pizza I've ever had in my life. Period. A cheese and Marmite pizza. So was there... So for those that don't know, Marmite... So so for all our Australian listeners, it's Vegemite, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, American listeners who don't know, it's kind of like a thick, salty spread... (laughs) it's brown color um yeah it's quite thick but it does melt when it gets a bit hot and mixed with cheese it's like yeah the saltiness and the the cheese it's quite a it's quite a sharp salty taste it's not like uh, it's one of these things and and the the slogan that they use in all their advertising is either you love it or you hate it people either and they literally do they either like love it and they eat it all the time or people absolutely despise it because it tastes awful so i'm one of the people that loves it um and it was the best thing i've ever done and i think every time i go shopping now i will always buy pizza bases like that because it was just incredible it was incredible see i'd quite like to try it because um obviously i've had marmite chips with you before at a burger joint and I thought that was pretty cool but um, did yeah. you have did you have like tomato on it did you put tomatoes on it no 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 no, no. Just, no. A, just a base with the marmite and then cheese that was it that was it no that's just essentially fucking that's just a toasty yeah, mate that's, that's, that's just cheese on toast with marmite on it uh, mate well, <laughs> right. well what else you want to call it it was a pizza base right? pizza base if I, I, next time what I'm going to do is I'm going to fold it and make it a calzone and that'll be even better that would be better. I always, I always do the classic fold of of pizza. No otherwise. But yeah, I think we got you got to put like some tomato and like and unless it's like the barbecue base, you're just changing the base of it and being it's a marmite base. Okay, pizza. so what's that then? What's that then? If it's a barbecue base with meat on, yeah, you don't yeah, say yeah, that's yeah. not a pizza. No, but, that's uh, a pizza. But it's, it's, exactly. all, it's usually got some other toppings though, right? You just went for a like a yeah. margarita or of some sort. You gotta put something on it. Yeah, but oh, I don't know what else you'd add to it. You could, you could put, you could put a bit of ham pineapple, on it, right? Pineapple. And I just piss, think just, just, just for the no, that, no, <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't. Be but just the purity of the cheese and the marmite is just enough. It's just anyone who loves marmite, anyone out there, if you love marmite and you also like cheese, put them together. I guarantee you, melt them. Don't just have them together. Melt them together, 
and I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. I first had it as a toasty, cheese and marmite toasty, like you used to have in the old sandwich um, toasting machines. I've had it in that first, and then since then, I've always had it any way I can, melted together. It's incredible. Oh, just superb. Just superb. And it got me thinking, and I just said, I wondered what Tom's favorite pizza topping or pizza would be. I know we've talked about, you know, pineapple and whatnot. Blah, yeah, blah, it's, blah, not, blah. it's not my favorite. But I, just thought, uh, I just thought I'd ask, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't really heard about Tom's best experience of any pizzas he'd ever had. Because we, we talk about burgers the whole time, don't we? Yeah. And pizzas. Pizzas are great. Um, but I don't know why. I, I, I'm just, I don't know whether it's boring. I, I would go for like a, uh, a double helping of pepperoni on a pizza and I would be pepperoni pizza. It's not boring. It's it's not dull, but it's just it's just so standard. It's it's good. It's awesome. Awesome. Sorry, pound. Um, but I don't like uh, like the the meat feast stuff. I've got to say, I'm not a big fan of that because it's literally just too much stuff on top of the pizza, and it kind of takes away. I'd rather have like double cheese and double pepperoni than like chicken, pepperoni, beef, mm. putting loads of random shit on top of it basically and I still rather have a ham and pineapple so but I'd go pepperoni pepperoni's got to be on the best topping um, but I would like to see the marmite base with some pepperoni on it there you go that's that's what we'll do so I've got to do that this week right marmite base pepperoni on top yeah I think so I think some sort of pepperoni salami based um, yeah fuck it let's do that that sounds good you got me salivating strong mate alright um, stupid things on the internet. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. So, I think this is coming from me, to be honest. So, off the back of uh, what we talked about with squatting, some people are trying to annoy me even further with uh, making the bench press less stable. So, <laughs> yeah. there was a post. Um, didn't get that many likes. Good. Um, so bench press foam roller setup. you're right feet and then it put brackets feet elevated on top of the bench wonderful um, my major concerns are stability and core um, <laughs> so I put this foam roller on top of the bench to make in core engagement and balance um, with the r- rhythm of the movement of my left and right arms on a flat bench it becomes harder to stabilise so a lighter weight would rec- be recommended no shit um yeah so so to paint you a picture that's literally a bench press rack with a barbell on it and then put one of those long foam rollers on top of it and then the guy is lying on top of the foam roller like down his spine with his legs on top of the bench mm. and then benching and then he's saying that he needs to work his core and stay and stabilize i'm yeah, that's how you work your core. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I had a bit of a rant about in the gym about um, benching with your legs up, and I, I basically laid out the only reason you would do it is that you've got some sort of lumbar issue, and you you can't put it through basically that kind of flexion and extension. Um, that is literally the only reason why you do it at all. Um, you and I, I think I got back was like, oh, but it works your core more. I was like, no, that. No, it doesn't. Like bracing, it works your core. Taking a fucking Valsalva breath and bracing whilst you push would work your core. It's a full body push exercise. 
put those fucking feet on the ground and then push back with those and see what happens. I think I did a floor press with it with a glute raise and you can visually see the more effort you're going to put through your legs just and I was working on leg drive. Um yeah, don't don't lie on a foam roller and do bench presses on the bench. Like, it's just can... like any exercise that you need to ba- have extra balance. Like, oh, it's core <laughs> exercise. No, it's not really a core <laughs> exercise. You just have to have more coordination and you're just unbalanced. Like it's not directly like amazingly training your core. You're just taking away your base of support and you're think you think that's training your core? Like <laughs> I like the post that it says no. not for everyone. Oh thank good. Um and then, then hashtag Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's actually it's actually for no one, isn't it? <laughs> hashtag best hashtag I've seen is hashtag unorthodox training. That's I've I've got to see what's on that hashtag to be honest. Um <laughs> it's one way of putting it. Giving it clicks on it. So yeah. Very interesting. Um don't do that. Bench your feet on the floor. Doesn't allow for greater activation of chest. Um don't if you it doesn't allow for greater activation of core. If you want a core exercise, then split them up, super set them. That's absolutely fine. Go do a pal-off press or go do ab rollouts, amazing. Um go do something that's properly like anti rotation. That'd be that'd be yeah, top. Great. Move on. Don't don't bench with your legs in the air and on on a foam roller even worse. All right. Cool Daniel. I think that ends that show. Crazy. Uh crazy bro. Um anything going Does on I'm your show? <laughs> anything going on your end? Any announcements? Anything going down? No, very shortly very shortly this week, um either this week or next week we will be opening our group coaching programme which starts Ooh. on the 11th of september um so we're going to start taking um people on for that we're going to open up the doors and stuff so people can start paying now and getting ready for then so um details of that will be coming your way soon basically cost 10 pound a week you can either do six weeks or 10 weeks um group coaching lose some fat basically as quickly as possible uh, and you get educated along the way as to the best way of doing that and you get to see videos of myself and all the other team box coaches talking about how to lose weight effectively um so yeah you can head over to our website and i'm sure i'll post all the links in the groups and stuff um and probably this time next week i'll be able to give you a lot more information about if it's definitely open uh, but yeah that's going live this week so keep an eye out for that wonderful right nothing my end apart from thanks to our new amazing sponsor um bearbells uk go check them out go look at their uh, stuff go try some uh, bearbells stuff if you can go find them i think we'll post out where you can get them um as well and uh yeah that ends the show dude episode 82 in the books catch you later guys <laughs> catch you later boys <laughs>